This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. And we are live on the DTC pod. What's going on, everybody out there? Hope you're enjoying your day wherever you're listening in from. I'm Jay, the host of the DTC pod, and we've got an awesome guest with us today, Maggie Gibson, who's the head of partnerships and merchandising at The Fascination, a place to discover, research, and shop amazing mission-driven online brands. Really excited to have Maggie on here. We're going to be talking about the fascination, brand partnerships, and a little bit of the future of consumer behavior and uh, just really how all of this comes together with online brand marketplaces. And before we dive in, uh, Maggie, how's it going? Excited to have you on the podcast here. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jay. It is great to join you guys um, and to speak to you and speak to your audience and tell them about the fascination and talk all things partnership. Yeah, definitely. Where are you calling in from? I am right now in downtown Manhattan. I actually am born and raised here. So I'm a classic New York City girl. (laughs) Nice. I was looking through, I think, your Twitter account when putting together some uh, questions and topics. I saw you're a pretty big sports fan. So there's a lot of stuff in New York, I'm sure, um, for catching up with, with that as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Big soccer fan, both New York and then also uh, England. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I know we have a lot to talk about over here and a lot to unpack. But before we dive in, why don't you give the audience a little bit of a, an intro about kind of yourself and what you do at The Fascination and even like what The Fascination is all about. I think a lot of people have heard about it now at this point. Uh, but for those that haven't, uh, maybe providing a little bit of detail there would be great. Yeah, for sure. So I guess I'll start there. So The Fascination is a one-stop shop for you to discover, research, and shop online direct-to-consumer brands. We're basically curating all of the web's emerging brands, culture-defining brands, all in one place. So you can go to our store, online store at thefascination.com. You can see these brands, learn about their, what we call science and soul, which I'm sure we'll dive into in a little bit, and really understand what their values are, who they are, what products they sell, and whether that product is for you. And you can buy, you know, three or four different products all in one shopping cart um, that are then sent to you. Um, So we're really trying to simplify, you know, the vast web of D2C brands that are currently continuing to pop up um, and in the market and allow you to really try the ones and find the ones that fit your lifestyle the best. Before this, I've been on actually both the media and brand side and been kind of always involved in some level of direct-to-consumer. So I spent close to four years at the online newsletter, The Skim, starting there right out of school. And then I moved uh, to the brand side and worked at Eight Sleep, the smart mattress company um, or sleep fitness company that is basically taking the world by storm. Um, and so have gotten a little bit of experience in both, but really you know, felt the, the fascination's mission is, is something that I really was you know, very bullish on um, and really wanted to create with everything that was going on, all the brands that are out there. Definitely. So like, I know you just touched on that, that you were really excited about what the fascination was working on. And that kind of drew you over there. What are some of those reasons that you were kind of like, wow, this is like an awesome opportunity. And like, what's being worked on over here is is really exciting. Yeah, for sure. So at the end of the day, I'm definitely a brand person myself. Like, 
I'm one of those people in my friend group that people ask me, you know, what brands are you using or have you tried this or stuff like that? And I always like trying all the new brands that are out there and seeing if they fit into my lifestyle. And so I have been a consumer of it. And because I love that, I also found the same struggles that we were trying to solve in the fascination. Namely, there are so many brands out there, but not necessarily a place to find them all in one place, right? You may get targeted with one on Instagram. You may like see an influencer talk about something else. You'll hear a podcast, always talk about a product, um, but you don't know if it's sponsored. You don't know if it's real, And you kind of want to try it, but you also only have a certain amount of money you're able to spend per month. So you don't know if it's worth it. And so it's really that question of, is it worth it? And, you know, there are some brands that work for some people and not others. So at The Fascination, you know, we're really trying to solve those problems. We're really trying to give you all the information you need to say, you know, this is a brand that actually would work for me. And I want to take it from it for a test drive and see if it works in my life. And this space is super fascinating because I feel like I think like maybe 24 months ago, maybe a little bit farther than that, there maybe were some online brand marketplaces, but I don't think I have kind of seen the amount as there is right now, like especially the past like 18 months. I know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of different factors going on. Things like tracking is getting a little bit harder. Um, It's harder to run Facebook ads, things like that. People are trying to build brand equity and all of that good stuff as well. But why do you think online brand marketplaces have really exploded recently? And a lot of brands seem to just be flocking to them. Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, a version of a marketplace has always been around, whether it's in person or online, like, so in person, like a Target or a Walmart, and then online with a Nordstrom. But I think specifically with direct-to-consumer brands, there was definitely a market there to just take everything, put it in one place, put all the information that you need to actually shop and make that discovery. With all these online brands, you can't actually touch and feel them. You can't see if they work for you. And so I think a lot of people are really trying to solve that issue in different ways. So we're doing so through a curated marketplace. And I know others are doing it in, in other ways that are also as good. So I think it's just when you see all of these brands that are out there that are all great and you also, they want to be discovered, but they need new ways to be discovered. It's kind of a win-win. These brands are looking for content. They're looking for new engines, new places. You mentioned, you know, tracking is becoming a little bit hard on, on Facebook and any paid media at this point. You know, they're looking for new ways to find new audiences. And so they're really you know, bullish on the idea of being alongside these great other brands. Um, so you can have a small brand that is only six months old that is you know, poised for a lot of success. That's alongside a brand like an Allbirds and that brand equity being there is really important to them. So I think for brands, you know, it's a win-win situation that they're able to get that new audience and, tell, and have other people tell their story and have that new acquisition channel just as brands have started expanding or have always been expanding into a Target or a Walmart or something like that. Yeah, I think you kind of touched on that piece, which was really interesting. Like you've got those kind of like really big logo brands that help kind of provide a little bit of social proof. But I think there's probably a piece that's missing on the the brand website that kind of provides a compelling reason to be on an online brand marketplace. Like what are some of those things that like, I guess, that are missing maybe from your brand website or things that you just can't provide on your brand website that kind of lead you to 
wanting to join a marketplace? Yeah, I think specifically for the Fascinations Marketplace, since we're curating, we actually do test and try every product uh, that is on our site. We have a lot of product reviews. Uh, if you go to our editorial site, that goes through kind of the whole testing process of, you know, I unboxed it. I wore this for 10 days. These were my thoughts. My wife then tried it. These were her thoughts. You know, we really were trying to make it very clear that these are products that we are really testing and trying. And I think that third-party validation is really helping with brands as well. You know, there are some products that we've tested that haven't worked and we've had to say no to them. And again, that helps them too. That gives them feedback so that they can move forward and they can, you know, figure out their next step as well. So I think that third-party validation is really helpful. It's why a, something like a wire cutter or an honest brands review is doing so well, because consumers are looking for that. And if you're able to give that from a marketplace, it's really a win-win for both brand and marketplace. It's kind of like the business side of basically the business equivalent of user-generated content in the sense like yeah. UGC is like the creator level proof. And then you've kind of got like the business level proof over here from, hey, we have people that have tried this out and we're going to give like more reviews or, or more information about the product and those kinds of things, right? Yeah, exactly. And influencers have kind of been doing it in their own right. You know, you talk a lot of to a lot of influencers who say they don't work with products that they don't try or they don't actually use. And then they can talk about their full experience. And then you as a consumer are following those influencers because you have something either aspirational about them or something that that connects you to them or is similar to them. And that makes you try it. So it's kind of like on a larger scale of that. But um, I think content and that third party validation is so key in a place where there are so many thousands of brands. And if we're able to do that in our own right as well, I think it's it's really helpful for everyone. Definitely. So you have a lot of partners at The Fascination. I feel like it's a growing list. There's always new brands being added. How do you pick from all of the direct-to-consumer brands that are out there? I mean, it feels like there's a ton popping up every single day and, you know, different brands are rising, other brands are maybe losing to new competition and things like that. I mean, it's a tough job, right? How do you navigate that? Oh yeah, it's, you're very right. One of actually the biggest kind of indicators of success early on for us is the amount of brands and the quality of brands that have been applying to be part of it. When I started, you know, a few months before we launched, we were kind of just like, please join this. These are all the reasons why it's good. And, you know, worked with them. And we had about 95 brands when we launched um, that joined us in an affiliate capacity, which was great. But then as we launched, we had even more just continuing to, to roll in. And so we have been very lucky in that sense. When we specifically look at a brand, we're evaluating two different things. The first being really the science of the brand. So the actual quality of the brand, what makes this brand different? Why is it disrupt the industry? Why is it, you know, why is it different than the other brands on the market or how is it changing? And then we look at the soul. So really the impact that the brand is making. And I mentioned this kind of curation lens earlier on in the podcast, but the soul is really that impact on culture, on people, on the environment, whether that's through a give back program, whether that's through, you know, ethical manufacturing, which all brands should have, whether that's through the sustainability efforts and how they are supporting those. And so we believe that these kind of culture defining brands that I keep talking about have both, they have the science and they have the soul. And so that's kind of our first lens. Um, and once a brand is checked in both boxes, um, and you actually can read on our site for each brand, what their science is and what their soul is. Once a brand is checked in both boxes, 
we kind of like look at what are the other brands that we have in our site? Are they complementary? And then we also kind of look at that spark and that fun. We've been talking a lot about this curation lens internally and this word fun keeps coming back up. <laughs> um, and I think that's part of what we want to be and part of D2C. People have fun with trying new brands and supporting new brands. I think the last thing to talk about from a curation lens is really, you know, we really want to give a voice to underrepresented founders um, and allow people to shop on their brand values and support the brands that align with those values. And so that's kind of the other thing that we're taking into account when we're thinking about the brands that are, are on our site. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of cool things that I think other brands that are looking for their own partners can can kind of learn from as well. So, you know, it's still pretty early, like in the fascinations life, like as a business, and I'm sure you're, you know, you're adding a lot of brands, like, how is this all going to play out? Like, is the fascination going to be a place for like, 5,000, 10,000 brands? Like, is it something that's like, I, I mean, that's your job, right? To figure out like, do you do like some sort of rotating brands or, or things like that? Like, how does this all kind of fit together here? Yeah, it's kind of the magic question. You know, we really want to be a curated site. So obviously going through the curation lens that I just spoke about, we also test and try every product that's on our site. We have team members as well as, you know, external uh, kind of a review team that, reviews all the products that are on our site and writes content and genuine content about it. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we have turned some brands away and we probably will have to continue to do so. So that process does take a longer time. You know, if you, you know, are a CBD brand, for example, it's going to take about 30 days for us to see if this product works. And we want to give it kind of the full life that it needs to give that full evaluation. So from a brand side and submission side, you know, we we are taking a little bit longer there. Um, I don't know if we'll ever have 5,000 brands. I don't think that's really our goal. Um, I think we really want to have closer to that that 200 range. Um, so it will be a very coveted spot. But that's something that will evolve over time. And that's something that we're definitely thinking about as new brands pop up and fit that science and soul lens. Yeah, for sure. And that's really cool to see how that marketplace has evolved. And I know you recently switched. You talked about that affiliate model now you're shoppable, right? Now we're fully shoppable. Yes. So that was always our goal to be a fully transactional marketplace. And we launched that officially at the end of August. And that has been a great experience. It's now out. We now have both our um, dropship side where we work with partners in that marketplace where you can actually shop the brands on our site. Um, and then we have the affiliate site, which is on our editorial. Um, so we're still going to be creating content and still working with brands in that way. But we'll be kind of balancing the two moving forward, which will be very exciting. But yeah, the fully transactional site has always been our goal. And we're excited that it's live. And we're already thinking about future fixes and, and things now that consumers are starting to test it out and try it and give us feedback. And we always welcome feedback too. Um, that has been great that our customers already have been giving us feedback of, oh, you should try this. Oh, I'd love it if you do this. Or how about these filters? How about this type of a loyalty program? So we have a lot of great ideas for, that are coming from them to help it easier or make it easier for them to shop. And then as the partnership person, I also speak with brands and learn a lot more about what are they looking for in a partner and if they could, you know, wave the magic wand, like what would help them? So then we kind of pair those two and think about, you know, the best way to move the fascination forward. Are you interested in DTC and e-commerce content? Join Trend's exclusive community for everything DTC. 
the DTCers community. We're talking marketing, product, growth, and more all about DTC. Go to trend.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-N-D dot I-O slash podcast and look for the Slack community link to claim your invite. We hope to see you on there. Very cool. So even like, I mean, obviously you've had a lot of partners over here and I'm sure, you know, as you go into the shoppable side too, there's probably going to be a lot of good data that's collected on like, you know, which brands are the most successful, which ones are getting like the most checkouts. Like, I don't know if you have anything you can kind of share from us, like, but what are maybe some of those like common themes that you're seeing from successful brands on the fascination? Yeah, I think brands that, you know, on our end, there are brands that people have heard about, but they haven't had the reason to necessarily try them out. And when you put a few of them in one space and makes it easier for them to actually check out, people are going to try it. We recently had someone write in a post-purchase survey that they had always wanted to try Athletic Brewing Company, this non-alcoholic beer. And then they went on the fascination, they saw it, and they bought it with you know a few other products that they wanted as well. Um, so I think that is definitely going to be something that sets us apart and something that will hopefully help consumers, um, especially as we grow our product assortment. I think also I go back to that word fun, like some of these new trends that are popping up, like the nostalgic kid food brands. So the magic spoons of the world, the snow days, the do cookie dough chomps, like all of these fun kind of brands that are kind of one off that people want to try. Olipop, that's a good example. People are really flocking to them and we can have fun with our voice. We can talk about, you know, the nostalgia of it all, um, why it's good, why it's better than what you had when you were five years old. So we're thinking a lot about those trends and how we can follow those trends and those industry trends and serve the consumer in that way. And then I think the last thing is brands that we have tested and tried and spent time really writing long form content for, those are really successful. One of our you know best um, performing articles is one that our co-founder used the Keeps uh, hair loss brand for a year on his own. And he wrote an article about it and it, it really worked. That was like true, completely like he did that before the fascination was even around. He tracked it all and it's really high performing. So, you know, that patience and that long term kind of tail could be really strong if we can spend a lot of time putting content together and really thinking about how these brands are used and relating to people in that way. That's really cool because I think, you know, there's a lot of like focus right now on like user generated content, like, you know, photos, especially videos too, videos a lot. And not very many people think about like the old school way of learning about products, like reading a long article about like how great a product is or like highlighting things. It's really filling, I guess, maybe a gap that people didn't really know about. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, like creators are doing this so well. And I think there is this like yearning for people to put out a lot of content very quickly, but I don't know if that's necessarily always going to be successful. And I think, you know, when you see certain creators or influencers who are, you know, taking five brands at a time and they're really using them, they're testing them, they work for them, they can talk about their personal, you know, how it works personally for them. It's like a friend telling you, you know, this is, this worked for me. It may not work for you because of X, Y, Z, but this is why it helped me. And if you want to take a chance, here it is. And hopefully helping you in that way. So it really goes back to that kind of like friend recommending what are those cool new products and why and going from there. For sure. One other thing I thought that was really interesting that you kind of touched on was this idea of 
having like a space where you can kind of like bundle products from different places. Like you talked about the person that bought like from athletic brewing uh, and tried it with a bunch of other products that I'm sure kind of like opens up a brand new space too, where people can check out products that kind of either fit under a certain theme or even like a, a certain category. Yeah, completely. And that's something we're thinking a lot about. Like, can we do athletic brewing company with any of the like maternity brands or something that are coming up um, when people are, are not drinking or trying to be with their partner and not drink with their partner when they're pregnant? Or can we, you know, we've seen a lot of these sexual wellness health brands that have been popping up, like Dame is a, a you know, a leader in the category, but there are are new brands like Champ, which is a, a premium condom company, or Awkward Essentials, which you know has like a, a post-sex cleanup um, type of product. Like you can bundle those together, and so there's a lot of interesting. Obviously, those are two very separate and different type of bundles, but I think there's a lot of different opportunities there, especially when it comes to the holiday as well. Um, you know, we had one customer who was like, "Oh, I'm going to start doing my holiday shopping early and buying products for." you know, my niece and my husband and all. So I think there's a very interesting use case there for for that universal shopping cart that we're hoping will be really strong. Yeah, I'm sure you could probably pick up quite a few customers from like a 90s nostalgia pack. I feel like everyone like in my age group would probably like go crazy over that. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like Gen, like Gen Z is doing that as well. So it's like it, we've come full circle. <laughs> it's like it's going to apply to everyone. Yeah, that's really awesome. So I know we're like slowly coming towards the end over here. But one thing I definitely want to like touch on is... Obviously, like brand marketplaces still kind of getting started. I know the fascination is still kind of like figuring out how all of these things work. You, you guys have made a lot of progress in that sense, but still like learning as the market changes, like how do you think consumer behavior is going to shift with, with online marketplaces? I'm sure you obviously have a lot of influence in that as the fascination grows and it has more influence over where people go to buy products. How does that kind of all connect together? And what are you kind of expecting to see there? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something I think we're trying to figure out transparently <laughs> as we all are uh, moving forward. I think one of the big trends that we've seen, and I don't even want to call it a trend, but the shift in consumer behavior around really that kind of transparency with a brand and understanding who they're buying from, not just what they're buying. I think that is incredibly important and will remain and even get more important. That soul, that impact of a brand, but also, you know, the ethical practices um, supporting brands that align with their values is just is always going to be there moving forward, which is great. And, you know, how a lot of us shop now. So I think that is definitely going to be important. And being able to support that for the consumer is important on our end through filters, through um, collections, through, you know, finding those brands and also giving those brands platforms um, that may not have a platform elsewhere. So I think that's one big thing. I do think, you know, bundling will be interesting. You know, we talk about this kind of, you go to Target and you buy like over a hundred dollars, you come out, you go for one thing, you come out over a hundred dollars in your shopping cart of like random things. Like, is there going to be something similar there with the fascination? That would be great you know, oh, I've wanted to try these brands, let me go for that. So those are things that we're thinking about a lot. I don't know if we have exactly what the next behavior is, but I think just getting them and, and starting to hear from consumers, I think that's our first step. And, you know, we're really focusing on 
the shoppability of the site and how we can better serve both consumers and brands. And that's our current focus. And I think as we see those trends come up, we're going to be working with them and trying to serve people. I think for the brands, especially, I'm sure one of the biggest wins is like knowing like what your product works well with, right? As a result, it's like you're getting the target experience, but minus the fact that someone has to walk into a store and plus the fact that you get a bunch of data on, you know, maybe someone added to cart with this other product, but didn't complete the checkout and and took it out. Or, you know, maybe they added multiple versions of your product and it worked well with multiple versions of another product. Like I'm sure there's a huge amount of data that's just waiting to kind of be unlocked and, and passed on to the brands there as well. Yeah, completely. I think that's such a great point. I also think there's like, when we do our own marketing, we're kind of using our own D2C playbook, right? Like we're trying to get our new customers. We're trying to drive awareness. And one of the ways we're able to do that is by showcasing a lot of the brands on our site. And so the brands then get the benefit of that as well. So it's great for brands to get that marketing and that awareness um, that comes just being part of the fascination and believing in our mission. And just as you said, then, you know, seeing kind of like, there's going to be a lot of data there and, you know, can figure out how best to use that. Yeah, definitely. So we talked a lot about what the fascination does. You work with a lot of brands, like what are some of your favorite direct to consumer brands? I'm sure you probably have the longest list out of out of everyone based off everything you may have had a chance to try. Yeah, for sure. This question, I do get it a lot. And it's kind of like choosing my favorite child, but I can do it. Give us five. Give us your favorite five. (laughs) Yeah. So I've been very into these kind of hydration, adaptogen, CBD brands, those types of like the barcode of the world. House of Wise is great. Steep and Mellow is a new kind of adaptogen tea that's on our site. So I like them. But then, you know, Nikki, they're an underwear company, underwear and bras for women. Uh, They're organic, like they're a great company. And then like, I'm an OG outdoor voices user. I love their exercise dress. I like wear it all summer. So that's kind of like a a legacy. I can't believe I'm calling it legacy now, but like one of more of the legacy D2C brands that I still follow in that sense. Yeah, very cool. Well, lots of stuff for people that are listening to go and check out what's next for the fascination. Like what else are you and your team working on any new partners to expect? Uh, What can you share with us? Yeah. Now that we are live with the transactional site, we're really focusing on continuing to, as I mentioned, make that as easily shoppable as possible, continuing to merchandise and fill out some of the categories and find those new brands, even brands that maybe haven't launched it or close to launching that we can um, you know, test out and try early and help support in their launch marketing too. So I think that could be a really interesting thing um, for us and for the brands that are coming up. We also are looking at ourselves as a brand. I mentioned, you know, we were a D2C brand ourselves. So, you know, how are we doing our own giving back? So that's something that's kind of on the horizon that we're, we're thinking a lot more about. But yeah, right now it's really just getting customers to the site. So finding out ways to continue to, you know, drive acquisition and drive awareness and get people to shop and make it easier for them to shop. So big things, big, very important things. But that's kind of our focus right now. We're very much looking at this year and next as like a building year, which is a great way to continue to build and get that up. Very cool. Well, you know, I definitely have my eye on the fascination because I think it's just such a cool thing. Like physical stores, basically back to like digital, which is really cool to watch over there. 
Maggie, it's been awesome having you on the podcast over here to chat about all of this stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. And before I go ahead and wrap up over here, uh, I'm going to pass the mic back to you one last time. Where can people kind of learn more about what you're working on if they are interested? Um, And then if there's any like other links that you want to drop, even potentially to connect with you as well, feel free to, to fire away. Yeah, well, thank you for having me first off. It's been great speaking and always great talking all things partnerships in D2C. I think the biggest ask I have is go to thefascination.com, shop, put an order in, treat yourself to some products, and then give us feedback. We're always looking for feedback. We're always looking for new brands as well. So we have a application on the site where you can apply as a brand and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Those are kind of our biggest channels where we focus. But yeah, definitely just go to thefascination.com, shop, give us feedback, and you know, hopefully join us in this journey, which we're just getting started on and very excited. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely drop those links in our show notes so people can go and check it out. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Maggie. This was super awesome, super fast, but super insightful. Really appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you again so much. Thanks, Maggie.